Welcome back to what I hope is your favorite series on the World Wide Web, Heard Online, the series of investigative videos where we look at claims made about sleep on the World Wide Web to see if they are true or not. In today's episode, we are going to look at perimenopausal insomnia and look at the truth. We're going to look at things from our perspective in a way that I truly believe will lead you to peaceful sleep if you've had struggles during menopause or not. It really is the same truth that will help anyone. But again, the focus here is on perimenopause and menopause. Now, um, the, you know, just, just so you kind of know what we are going to find or what we're going to really look for, I think when it comes to this topic, which, uh, it, which is a common one, I get a lot of questions about menopause, perimenopause, and hormones in general. The key is understanding the difference between sleep disruption and insomnia. And sleep disruption is choppy sleep that comes from a completely expected uh, place. Like we have pain, we have uh, a noisy neighbor, uh, we have, uh, you know, uh, just eaten a huge meal that is spicy. You know, of course, all those things can make any human being have some choppy sleep. There's nothing strange or unusual about that. It's completely expected. And insomnia, on the other hand, which is a struggle, an ongoing self-perpetuating struggle with sleep that comes from a fear of not sleeping, you know? And when we're scared of not sleeping, that fear keeps us awake. And then the thing we have been afraid of happens, then we become even more scared. That is insomnia. So just keep that in mind as we jump ahead and look into um, this article. And this article we're gonna look at, it was actually suggested to us by um, Rhoda, uh, somebody in the community who has suggested a lot of nice articles, and uh, and we, you know, I thought this one was, you know, again, the topic is is a very very common topic, so I thought this was a very nice uh, one to review here in Heard Online, and it is uh, an article from the Guardian, and the uh, title is "It's Not a Nice Way of Living." Kelly Holmes on her struggle with uh, menopause insomnia, and this is Kelly Holmes. I I, I don't know her, uh, but um, she is a former living athlete, um, and uh, she had been aware, it says here, she had been unaware of a link between hormonal changes and sleep disturbance, which experts says present serious public health challenges. And sometimes here on Heart Online, we do this thing called, uh, you know, we, we use our trigger meter. We see how triggering is, uh, is a headline from, you know, one, which is uh, least triggering, and five is like very triggering. And I think this is, you know, the this is not a very not a very triggering uh, headline. I would give it maybe just a one. But here, the, the sub headline is kind of a little bit like there's a little bit of scaring scare tactics here. Experts say present a serious public health challenge that makes us a little bit like you know uh, a little bit on edge there. But anyways, um, let, let's read here. For the Olympic gold medal winning athlete Kelly Holmes, one of the first warning signs that something had changed was struggling to sleep. Throughout her career as an athlete, good, good sleep had always been a priority and easy to obtain. But a couple of years ago, then age 51, she started struggling to fall asleep and waking around 3 a.m. It was only when a doctor told her this was a symptom of the perimenopause that she realized what was happening. She said, I've been an active person. When your energy is going down, when your emotions are heightened, you feel stressed in the mornings. It's not a nice way of living. If you don't get a good night's sleep, you're ratty before the event even started, before you're even started, she said. Now, um, before we go further along here, I just want to point a few things out. 
Um, firstly, there's this rear view mirror distortion that is so very common. And it's uh, like Kelly says here, uh, she says, I've always been an, an uh, athlete. Sleep has always been a priority for me. It's always been easy to obtain. That can sound as if Kelly had had some type of control of sleep in her first 51 years of life or so. It can sound if she just like, I make sure I go to bed this time, get up at this time, and then I just sleep. Like in reality, sleep is a completely passive process. Sleep just happens when we're not trying to sleep. And you know, evidence for this is abundant. If you ask anyone that you know who sleeps really well, no struggles to sleep, and you ask them uh, how they do that, they will, they will give you the secret. You ask anyone like, what do you do to sleep so well? And that person will go like, oh, I don't know, something like that. You know, they, they, and that will demonstrate the lack of effort. Now, looking back, you know, when we have some trouble sleeping, we can seem like, what did I do before? Well, I slept so well. It was easy for me to sleep well. And the, the hardest thing to see is nothing. You know, it's so hard to see nothing. So we can look back and say, like, I used to make this a priority and I used to sleep this much. And But in reality, for Kelly and all of us humans, when we sleep well, it is nothingness. It is the absence of trying, the absence of attention towards sleep. It's just like breathing. It just happens by itself when we're not trying to make it happen. So this is a, a, a tricky distortion because when we think I did something before, I have to replicate it now, then there's no nothingness, then there's effort and there's trouble sleeping. So that was just a, a first little comment uh, that I hope uh, was helpful for anyone. And um, we'll continue reading. She still struggles with the symptoms. She may get six hours on a good night, but four or five is more common. Holmes experience is reflected in H, uh, 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 National Institute of Health Statistics, which suggests that sleep disturbance occurs in 16 to 42% of women before menopause, from 39 to 47% during menopause, and from 35 to 60% after menopause. And already we have this very, very common um, uh, uh, confusion uh, has already been presented to us. In the headline of this article, it says that Kelly Holmes struggles with menopause insomnia, right? But now we're hearing something else. The NHS said there's sleep disturbances occurring in a certain percentage of women during menopause. And I think this is, again, the key to understanding, you know, how, how you arrive at a place of peaceful sleep with, with, if you struggle, you struggle during or, or around menopause. Of course, someone who is having hot flushes and is going through some hormonal changes may not sleep uh, the same way as somebody who doesn't. If we are waking up really sweaty and hot, for example, uh, of course, you know, it's going to take a while before we settle down again. Maybe we need to take a shower. Maybe we need to change the, the curtains, you know, the curtains, the sheets, you know, you know, and of course, anyone, nobody's going to sleep through that easily. We're going to have some choppy sleep from that. But that is completely expected, you know, during these circumstances. And that is, that is very, very different from insomnia, which is a self-perpetuating struggle. But in this article, both of them are kind of lumped together, which creates a lot of confusion. So with that in mind, now we've identified one tricky part with this, uh, with this article. And but let's just keep going and see what more we can learn here. Um, a poll of 2005 perimenopausal women uh, found that three quarters had experienced per perimenopausal insomnia. And we don't know that to me. 
But what I think does uh, ring very true is that the vast majority of women going through menopause will have some choppy sleep, some sleep disturbance. In fact, numbers I've seen in other studies has been like 99% or like 95%. Basically, everyone has had some choppy sleep. Uh, and um, and then we see here more than two-thirds, 69% said it had a negative impact on their emotional well-being, which, you know, can be really, really tricky. So let's let's, let's spend a little time there too. Um, if, if, if somebody uh, asks, you know, are you sleeping well and you're going through like these hot flashes and you're up uh, and somebody says, has this impacted your emotional well-being, you know, you might have been a little tired, you know, you're a little bit harder focusing. So you, you, you may say yes. And, and that's not, again, it's totally expected, you know. It can happen with anyone who has some choppy sleep. We don't feel quite as rested. And we can say like our emotional well-being is not the same. But what people extrapolate from that often is to say like, oh, aha, so um, this causes uh, problems with emotions. This probably causes depression. And then it goes to and, and, and extrapolate from that that, oh, insomnia can cause depression, which, which is, you know, it's far from the truth, you know depression is is an inner struggle just like it struggles with anxiety or insomnia it's and this happens when we've identified something inside of us as a threat the emotion of sadness for example if we try to get away from sadness it's amplified and we then can have a struggle we call depression if we identify fear as an as a as, a, as something we we shouldn't um experience and a threat internal threat we can have uh, an anxiety struggle etc cetera, etc cetera. so this is very very tricky because if you hear that, oh, if I don't sleep enough, I can get depressed. What that what happens then is that we feel more pressure to sleep. We feel like it's more important to sleep. And again, the more effort we put into sleep, the less well we sleep. Sleep is a passive process, as we already uh, uh, talked about. So I think normalizing the the the, the normalizing sleep disruption uh, in in the context of perimenopause is very very helpful. And to some degree. That is done in this article. We'll see more on that in a second. But just saying that the vast majority of women who are going, going through menopause, perimenopause, will have some sleep disruption. That can be extremely helpful because then you know you can be like, oh, nothing strange usually happened to me. This is so common, so normal. This is just complete, you know, part of life, part of like the common human, the common human experience. That actually leads us to less pressure. Then we go like, oh, there's nothing I have to do about this. Um, uh, you know, the things you can do to make it easier for yourself again, but there's nothing strange happening. You know, the, the, there's not going to be a fear uh, around this. And then we're not going to have an insomnia or any other struggles, you know? So just a little point there. Let's keep going. Professor Matthew Walker, a sleep scientist and author of How We Sleep, said menopausal women experience insomnia because of hormonal changes and hot flushes. Again, I would disagree. I would say that insomnia, at least the way we define it here on this channel, only comes from fear. Hormonal changes and hot flushes can cause sleep disruption, but not insomnia. Now, uh, Dr. Walker goes on to say, sleep disruption on this scale poses serious public health challenges, he says, as chronic sleep loss can increase the risk of cardiovascular disease, obesity, and weakened immune system, as well as worsening mental health, including depression, anxiety, irritability, mood swings, and broader quality of life impacts such as chronic fatigue, decreased productivity, and a lack of enthusiasm for life. Oh no, why is this always happening? Why are people always, you know, trying to portray uh, all these 
you know, things as an effect of lack of sleep. When in reality, there's not a single study that shows, shows causality between little sleep, short sleep, insomnia, and any health issue. There is no evidence that sleeping little causes anything uh, that uh, Dr. Walker um, talks about here. And uh, this, as you can maybe tell, is really upsetting to me because I know that when somebody reads this from a professor at Berkeley, uh, uh, they are going to be like so scared. They're going to be like, oh no, if I don't sleep enough, all these things are going to happen to me, which of course creates a ton of pressure to sleep needlessly. And then, then we have insomnia. Now this, this can, this causes insomnia. What Dr. Mo Dr. Walker talked about here, uh, that can create insomnia because insomnia comes from fear. All right. So that's, uh, that's, uh, uh, I think a really, really, really helpful thing to see here. Let's keep reading. Many women can be helped with lifestyle changes, including cutting out caffeine and alcohol, said Dr. Zoe Shadel, or Shadel, a GP and British menopause society specialist for some women, HRT can help by boosting estrogen levels. And now this is one of those parts in an article that I go like, like this doesn't make sense. <laughs> this honestly doesn't make any sense. On one hand, we, 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 you know, the article presents the idea that um, hormonal changes during menopause causes sleep disruption in, you know, the vast majority of, of women. And, and I think that's a helpful and nice point. But then to say that, so when that happens, we should drink less coffee and, and avoid screens and do all these sleep hygiene things. Like the, how would that help with our hormones, right? How would that change the thing that is creating this, this sleep disruption? It doesn't make any sense. And the reason I think it's important to talk about is that if somebody then goes like, oh, mm, I've had this choppy sleep and it's, uh, you know, I'm going through menopause, I'm going to stop drinking coffee. That becomes what we call a sleep effort. Avoiding coffee now becomes uh, a way that we try to have control over sleep and expect this, you know? Imagine somebody that stopped drinking, you know, cut down on coffee and be like, okay, now I'm going to sleep really well or, or not. Or did I cut, cut off that, that enough? Or should I maybe I should I cut down more? Or let's see. This preoccupation now leads to trouble sleeping. And then this person goes like, oh, that didn't help at all. In fact, I'm worse now. What else am I going to do? And then this person tries something else. And then now there's, they're putting more emphasis on sleep. They're having more trouble sleeping. And now, again, now we have insomnia, right? So what Professor Walker talked about, which is basically just like, producing fear, that can lead to insomnia. What this other doctor talked about, which is starting to avoid things in order to have some control over sleep, yeah, that can also cause insomnia. So this is very, very, very tricky territory in my humble opinion. Uh, now, but you did say for some women, HRT can help by boosting estrogen levels. And, and yeah, I want to pause there too. This is, I believe there is some truth here, of course, because, uh, the sleep disruption we see during menopause and perimenopause has to do with, you know, changes in hormone levels. Yes. So if you're low on, let's say, estrogen and you uh, replace that, uh, can that help with the sleep disruption? It definitely can. Absolutely. It's just like when somebody has a lot of pain and they take a Motrin, they have less pain, they have less sleep disruption. It can absolutely help. Uh, th th I believe this is very, very true. Uh, but again, if somebody has had actual perimenopause insomnia if somebody has started becoming scared of not sleeping and the fear is driving it then of course uh, you know hrt uh 
it doesn't change that because it doesn't you know address the root the root cause of, of the trouble sleeping so yeah just a little comment on that let's keep going um however shadel said in some cases the sleep problem will have become a habit in which case the doctor may diagnose insomnia disorder or chronic insomnia if sleep disruption has occurred for at least three nights a week for three months or more women may be offered cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia or medication this is pretty much exactly what happens and, and here we sort of see like very clearly the confusion it and, and the author saying that or maybe just quoting dr shadel saying that a doctor may diagnose insomnia disorder or chronic insomnia if sleep disruption has occurred for at least three nights a week this reveals the complete lack of understanding of what insomnia is it, they're basically saying that oh if you had choppy if you had choppy sleep for any reason for at least three nights a week for three months or more, you know how insomnia, you know how insomnia, just because this has been happening for so long, which it, it, then you go like, so wouldn't every single parent of a small child have insomnia by definition? They would, according to this definition. So should every small, uh, you know, every parent with a small child have cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia? Of course, of course not. That just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any, any sense. But I will say, if you look at it for like, in some cases, the sleep problem will have become a habit and we, and we would translate the word habit as a fear. There's been a component of fear now. Now there's some understanding because fear we meet with education and that is true. And uh, so in, in, in this, you know, if you look at it from that perspective, there is some truth here. Um, now let's keep going. She added that workplaces should offer support to a menopausal woman by allowing them work flexibility um, you know, there, you know, I'm actually just going to pause here and say that I think we have covered all we have, I know, because I read this before we have covered, uh, all, all the points I really wanted to cover. So because, but because we heard about like flexibility in the workplace, um, let's talk about this for a second. Um, I want to say that, of course, if somebody has like sleep disruption from, perimenopause or pain or anything like that, you know, flexibility can be really nice. Maybe, you know, we're going through a time where some flexibility could be helpful for us, it, it, which is totally fine. But again, when we've had, you know, insomnia, when, when it's, it's a fear of not sleeping that has been causing us to have trouble sleeping, flexibility can be quite tricky because we can go like, oh man, I, I hardly slept last night. I can't go to work today. I've got to catch up on sleep. And then we stay, stay, stay uh, extra long. And what's now happening is the fear of not sleeping is actually perpetuated by this behavior. Because what we're saying is that, oh, it's so important that I don't miss sleep, that I don't stay awake, that I have to change my schedule around it, which signals that, oh, no, this like not sleeping, having trouble sleeping is so, 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 so dangerous that we have to change things around it. And then what's happening now is that the fear of not sleeping is actually grown by our increasing uh, attempts at avoiding being awake at night. And so in this circumstance, that flexibility can actually lead to more trouble sleeping. And so the point here is that when we don't have education, we can end up in all kinds of rabbit holes. We don't understand what we were doing and, and what's happening to us, right? But with education, that does not become a problem. So with that said, let's conclude here. I hope this was helpful. Uh, please let me know your thoughts on, on all of the above and we shall go from there. Thanks Rhoda for the suggestion and welcome back to uh, um, 
uh, I hope to have you back here in Heard Online uh, soon. And uh, if you're finding that you know episodes like this are leading you where you want to be, to a place of peaceful sleep and peace of mind, that is wonderful. Please let us know. Share that in the comment section. On the flip side, if you're finding that things are tricky, it's hard to navigate uh, the situation you're in, you're feeling alone, isolated, you're not feeling like yourself, you'd like some more support on your path to where you want to be, then please head over to our website, thesleepcoachschool.com, Check out our coaching options. And if you decide to join us, we look forward to seeing you on the other side. That was all for today. See you soon. Bye now.